This is Beth Bruno, and you're listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. If you're looking for the voices of strong women with tender hearts who are engaging issues that impact us all, but especially young women, this new series is for you. When COVID started, I paused the podcast and started a monthly membership community for women raising tween and teen girls. Each month we entered into our own stories and our daughter's glory through a relevant topic teen space. I interviewed experts and released them in this private group, and now you get to hear them too. Stay tuned for a lineup of wise thought leaders. I can't wait. Well, this month we are talking about friendships and friendships between girls. And I know that we've kind of circled around this before, but this is such a prevalent issue for our girls that it's worth returning to. And you know, Ella, she's been in some of our group gatherings. And so it's so fun to have her as our expert today. And I just like when I thought about relationships with girls, I thought about my son and his experience. When I think about relationships between girls uh, and friendships between girls, I think about Ella because she has had such a journey. Um, So I wanted to bring her in to share some of what she has walked through throughout school, really. I mean, Ella, it's been your story um, since the very beginning. And so I wanted her to share more about some of the things that she's learned now that she's done with high school and entering into college. And perhaps it can be encouraging not only to us moms, but to our girls as well. So Ella, um, I don't think you need an introduction, but why don't you give just a few sentences about kind of yourself? Yeah, so I'm going to Georgetown University this fall. Um, I am super excited. I haven't declared my major yet. I just am really interested in making an impact on people around the world, and I don't know exactly what that means yet for my career. Um, Like my mom said, my general story has kind of been with friends. Um, I know that a lot of girls, their story has also been with friends. I think it's just, I think it's just a thing that everyone experiences, and Um, kind of from the very beginning, I have struggled a lot. And um, especially over this past year, I've learned so much about friendships um, that I feel like I can give some, some words of wisdom for the girls. Yeah. So Ella, when you say that, that has been my story. Can you describe that a little bit more? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So basically, since the beginning of elementary school, um, I've struggled like making and retaining friends. Um, I would often have one friend one year and then they would just kind of go off the rails or stop talking to me or something, some kind of fallout would happen. And then we just stopped being friends. So I usually had like one friend per year and I would look out on other friendships and just see relationships that lasted and girls who were like, who were like sisters to each other and who had known each other for years and who had been best friends for years. And I just never, had that. Um, And then going into middle school, my friendships became a little bit less loose and a little bit just more toxic. Um, My friends would kind of just verbally abuse me, honestly. 
um, it was just an unhealthy relationship on all ends. Um, I'm sure everyone has been a third wheel before, and I feel like that's kind of the story of middle school, right? And so, again, I was struggling with keeping, retaining friends, um, but also I started to figure out that I wanted more from a relationship than what I was getting. And then in high school, in the beginning of high school, the toxicness of my friends just kind of escalated. And again, I was just seeing that this wasn't what God intended for friendships. And it is what I had experienced in all of my friendships in my entire life. And so over the course of high school, I journeyed out of a friend group that was really bad for me and found a couple of friends who still weren't perfect, but um, were a little bit more loving. And then I went to Ecuador for three months and I, I really prayed that God would show me what real, healthy, Christ-centered friendship looked like. And I found that. And I feel like he just opened my eyes to what I had been missing and gave me an encouragement for the kind of friendships that I would have at Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Ella, I have so many questions that just popped into my mind, like things that I think would be helpful to talk about. And so I'm going to say them out loud before I forget them and we circle back. Okay. So I know that some women have asked me, like, how, how do you cultivate healthy friendships in a Snapchat world? Um, So when we have this layer of kind of false intimacy that we live with, with social media, um, and then we add to that, like just all the issues that come with that in terms of friendship. So that's one thought I wanted to ask you about. Um, why didn't you have any Christian friends before Ecuador? That would be another question. Um, and looking back, what, like you would say to your younger self, your past self, Pella, as you like to call her, past Ella, um, <laughs> So that would be another thought I have, like what, how do you handle toxicity and what does that look like? How did you know in middle school that you were in toxic relationships Um, and how did you leave that in high school and what, what that looked like and felt like? And then even like, why do you think you've struggled? Mm -hmm. Is there, do you think that there are some things personally even. And I know that might be really vulnerable and you might not know that yet, but maybe we can talk about that too. So those are four big categories that came to mind as you were talking. Um, Let's start with the toxicity. How would you define that? And how did you recognize that? Yeah. So the toxicity in my relationships was pretty obvious. Um, There was a lot of gossip and hidden gossip where people would say, I just need to, I just need to vent. And someone ended up venting about someone else and it was completely gossip. Um, People just making immediate judgments and assumptions off of others. There was just not a lot of trust and communication. Um, I was in high school in my freshman and sophomore year, I was in a group of 15 girls and that's a massive group. And that is just, there's bound to be problems because there were little clicks happening and some people talking about other people. And anytime there were gatherings, they weren't uh, productive gatherings. It was more, oh, let's go on like a, a big photo shoot, but let's just try to look as sexy as possible. Or let's just, it just wasn't God honoring to be honest. Um, so all of those traits 
um, just kind of pointed me to how toxic the relationships were. Um, the biggest thing looking back on it was just the, the main subject of conversation that the biggest things that we talked about did not lift people up. And the biggest things that we talked about were about selfishness, were about like judgments, about hatred towards others. So when you think about the main, like what do you guys talk about the most? If it's not something that makes you comfortable and if it's not something that you feel like just lifts others up, then that's probably the biggest sign of a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. So I know that you struggled with feeling depressed at times throughout middle school and high school. Um, you felt incredibly stuck. I remember you wanted a new group of friends, but you didn't know how to, to leave mm -hmm. entirely and what that would look like. Do you remember those years? I do. And it hits different because I think I went through two cycles of it. Um, in middle school, I had two friends who were, like I said, really toxic. And I was the third wheel. And the reason why I didn't leave was I think deep down, I didn't really think that if I left, I would find anyone else or that anyone else would want me. And so the roller coaster was really all I had. And so if I left the roller coaster, I'd just be standing there, you know, and I would rather have bad friends than no friends. And that was a really warped way to look at it. But if I'm being honest, that's, I think, how I saw it. And then I left in middle school, my little friend group, for just like two months um, in eighth grade. And I just started sitting with other people. And what I experienced was exactly what I had predicted. Um, the people who I started sitting with were just as bad as the first. And when I eventually went back to the first two people, they were angry with me. And how dare you leave us like that? kind of stuff. So that kind of pressed into my mind, no one really wants you. So just deal with what you have. Um, and then in freshman and sophomore year, I had that big group of 15 girls and it was super unhealthy. And um, the breaking point for me was when two girls or one girl somehow got into my Instagram and started reading my texts to one of my actually good friends, me saying, I miss you, please come to school. I'm kind of really depressed, um, just please come. And these friends who had now hacked my Instagram took that as an assault. Um, and they had been sharing my texts with each other. And then I learned about that. And then I heard God saying, you just gotta leave. You just gotta take the leap of faith. And what the image that he put in my head, I had two images. One was a pond with a bunch of lily pads. And I was taking the steps across the lily pads and I could see each one. And then a fog kind of rolled in and I couldn't see the next lily pad, but I heard God very clearly saying, just take the step, the lily pad is there. Um, so that was the first image. And then the second one was of a girl, it's kind of like a dream of a girl who was running and there was just like a cliff drop off and when she jumped off, she just kind of flew. And then she was just kind of soaring through the clouds and down into the ocean and like all around. And there was just like total bliss. And that kind of signified to me, like, just jump because what's going to happen is going to be beautiful and unexpected. So finally, I decided just to leave. And 
it was really the best decision I could have made because that kind of launched me into finding a few new friends. Um, and then it kind of got me on the path towards realizing that I actually did deserve more than what I had. Mm. So that's mm. kind of why I was trapped because I didn't think that I deserved anything more and that no one else would really want me. Um, but over the course of high school, I, I realized that that was a lie. Mm. Mm-hmm. But you walked through not just a lot of painful situations like that, but also lonely ones yeah. um, because that was the end of your sophomore year. So you entered into your junior year with these two new friends who had really different schedules than you. And I remember just a lot of empty space and Mm -hmm. sitting alone at the tables in your hallway and Mm -hmm. a lot of, I mean, it was a choice to, you knew you were choosing loneliness over toxicity. And that was a really hard choice to make. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Somehow when I am looking back on it, um, I remember me sitting at this, we had this big table in the hallway and a ton of people could sit there, but I would sit there and I would eat my lunch there alone, basically every day of the week. Um, And over the course of like a few weeks, I kind of realized, actually, this is like really sad and I'm pretty lonely, but in the moment, um, I definitely think that God was sitting there next to me because I could just remember like the presence of like a comforter. And Mm -hmm. even though I was physically alone and even though I could, I would go through phases of like totally sobbing, like I am so lonely right now. In the moment, the comforter was there. Mm -hmm. Um, So Ella, why do you think this is? I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm biased, but you're pretty cool. <laughs> you're kind. You're thoughtful of others. You're inclusive. Like, why do you think this has been the chronic story for you? Well, actually, I think something that you taught me like five years ago, which is Satan tries to attack your biggest gifts. Um, I learned that one day when it didn't have to do with friendship, when I was just writing something and I shared it with my teacher and they kind of bashed it. And I was like, that sucks. I was really proud of that. And you said that um, are the biggest ways that we give God glory are the most, are the things that Satan hates the most. So, yeah. So I think that I love people so much and I am so loyal And I just desire good relationships. And that I think scares evil. Um, And I know that's not like all of it, but I think at the root, um, that's where it comes from. Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just, I'm a relational person. And the the way to cut me to my core was to take away relationship. Yeah. And I think that finally sunk in for you in Ecuador when you were fully experiencing some, your, your glory fully alive and unleashed. And I know I'm feeling emotional. So just for you to be able to, to really realize that and then look back and, and see the pattern of assault so clearly it's unmistakable. 
for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so Ella, that might not necessarily be the case for every girl who struggles with friendships. As you are still a teen, <laughs> as, as hard to believe as that is, and you look at your generation and you look at the culture, do you have any thoughts on just why girls struggling with friendships is just ubiquitous? It's across the board pretty much. Yeah, I think it's just another way that evil attacks us. Um, but also I think that, especially in this generation, there's a really easy way to hide ourselves. Um, and that's behind a screen or that's looking at someone else from afar. Um, there's a really, there's a really easy way to change everything about yourself. And we grapple onto that and then suddenly no one is enough. And that just perpetuates the ideas that were already going through our minds for generation after generation, except now we can just make it so much worse. Yeah. Um, you mean that we're feeling like we're not enough? Is that what you mean? Yeah. So I can post something and it could be a picture of me laughing and I could say something super goofy and super happy and that could be super chill. I'm like, I feel happy today. Someone else could look at that and think she's happy all the time and I'm not happy all the time. Why is she happy all the time? Do I not deserve to be happy all the time? Like there's suddenly just a wall between everybody. And I know that social media is not like the big bad villain all the time, but mm -hmm. I think in this generation, it's part of the problem. So do you think that what's that, that's creating envy? Mm -hmm. And do you think that that level, a heightened level of envy, perhaps in the Snapchat generation, causes lack of trust, distancing, um, backbiting, cyberbullying, which is what you experienced when they hacked your Instagram. Mm -hmm. Do you think we could narrow all of that down to the root cause of envy? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me sad because there are so many good things about um, appreciating other things about others. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I can see someone and think, wow, she has such a bubbly personality and that can be so honoring to the other person. Um, that can be just so appreciative, but I think that at its core, um, envy can be really, really harmful. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that, about how to navigate the social media world with friends and, um, I mean, like, how do we live with that? That is a reality. That is how you communicate. Um, but it can, in itself, it can feel so toxic at times and you can fall into this tunnel and it can be really hard to get out of just yeah. personally, right? So talk to us a little bit about that. To be honest, I don't know the key to social media. <laughs> um, one thing that I try to do is just be as authentic as possible. And I try to keep um, like whatever I'm giving out into the world, I try to be as honest as I can. So a lot of my posts are like, I'm struggling with this. God is helping me see this. 
And if I'm honoring God in that way, if someone is looking through my posts, they see the struggles as well as like the good points. So being authentic can, I think, help up people looking in, see my true self um, and hopefully keep the wall between us as thin or non-existent as possible. Um, looking at other people's posts, to be honest, I haven't really had, <laughs> this is gonna sound really bad. I haven't really had friends living here that are not in Ecuador that I'm like envying that much. So all of my friends in Ecuador, I lived with. And so looking out, there was, there was really no one else I really wanted to be with. So I didn't have to struggle with um, looking at other people hanging out with each other hmm. and look at what we're doing with each other. I didn't have that. I've definitely experienced that. And it's really hard to see, look at us hanging out without you. Um, and that happened quite a lot in high school. I would see that. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the biggest things is just to remind yourself, like, how small is the scope that you're looking through right now mm -hmm. to how big their lives are? You know, like mm -hmm. they, that could be the first day that they hung out with their friends in two months, you know? So how small um, is what they're actually doing right now compared to what their life is? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that can that can help reveal that like everyone is just, everyone's just living and they're posting the best that they possibly can. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> so if you were to go back and, and you're talking to past Ella, Pella, what might you do differently? Would you make different choices relationally? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would do a couple of things. First, I'd honor myself a little bit more than I did. Um, I would say from the get-go, is this, is this healthy? <laughs> I would um, kind of assess my relationships. And if they weren't healthy, I wouldn't find any excuse to give them a pass. Um, I would honor myself and say, Ella, you deserve so much more than this. And you don't deserve that. Um, so I think I would just be really honest with myself at first. Second, I would pray a lot more about it. Um, I started praying about my relationships um, for Ecuador months and months and months before Ecuador. And God continuously just told me, this is going to be a sisterhood in Christ. This is going to be a sisterhood in Christ. And even though I had some pretty poor relationships leading up until Ecuador, I had hope to hold on to. Um, and so sometimes God is really the only thing that can get you through it. Um, so I would have prayed a lot more throughout middle school and high school about my relationships. And obviously prayer doesn't just magically solve everything, but God speaks. And the only way that you can really hear it is if you're listening. Yeah. And then I would actually listen to him when he told me to do something. Um, there were lots of instances when I, I can look back and I can see that was God telling me to get out of there. And I just didn't. And mm. I only listened when the biggest thing happened. And mm. yeah. so I would have listened to him and actually done what he told me to do. <laughs> yeah. So I know we talked often, not often, but at least once a year wondering, is it time to change schools? Is it time to change youth groups? Like, is there another group that you could get a, to be a part of? And that always felt so daunting, the, the thought of starting again. And because you, and I don't know that I knew the depths of you feeling 
your own like lack of self-worth and a belief that you're not worth any better. Um, that was heavy in those conversations. Like mm-hmm. there's no, nothing is going to be any, there is no grass is greener, but you know, for other girls who might feel just as stuck as you did with very little hope of a very, of other options in their school or in their youth group or whatever, would you suggest leaving when, um, or are you glad you stuck it out? Do you feel like this was my story? There's no other story that would have been better for me. That's hard to say. Um, I personally wish I had gone to a different school, but it's not necessarily 100% because of friendships. Um, my school is a little bit different. <laughs> it's kind of a quirky school. Um, and I wish that I had gone to a different school. Um, I think for the girls who think, who have kind of established, like, I know everybody here and the options are so slim or I feel like nobody here even likes me at all. Um, I would ask like, what's holding you, what's really holding you back from taking the leap of faith? Like, are you afraid that no one at the new place is going to like you? Because if that's the case, then that's a lie. And you, you can trust the God who created you. If it's because you want to stick it out and you think there's actually a community there that I can um, that I can look for in my school, or there's a glimmer of hope in this youth group, then you can stay. Um, I think it's just find the root, the root cause of you wanting to leave, and um, and then that will change your mind, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I thought that if I went to a new youth group, everyone would be, everyone would already have their friends, and they wouldn't really want me. And I think that's the perfect indicator that I should have gone. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Ella, thank you. <laughs> You're wise, and for as difficult as your journey of friendships has been, you have your character has been shaped through it. And I love you, that you reiterated what I teach in the Awaken Mini Course, in that the the very thing that brings God the most glory oftentimes is the most threatening to evil. And I just love that you said that again for moms to hear, for us to really be identifying what is our daughter's glory here that is being attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps us look at the situation so differently. Um, I also just, I, I love some of the things that you shared. And the biggest thing I think I take away from this is how much it hinged on your sense of value and worth. And like, it grieves me as a mom to think that that was so, that was such a deep, deep struggle and wound for you. And I don't think as moms, we can remove that from our kids and we can't prevent everything. And I just, Thank you for sharing that with us. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful that that your story is being rewritten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hopefully Ecuador was was just the taste of the feast that is to come.
So yeah. now before I fully fall into tears, I will <laughs> close this interview. And thank you wholeheartedly, Ella, for all of us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening today. If you're curious about something you heard, check the show notes for links to learn more. And perhaps you'd like to check out one of the Fierce and Lovely mini courses for a deep dive into a particular parenting topic. That link is in the notes too. Fierce and Lovely is a proud partner of the Restore Universe, where like-minded practitioners and programs are all infused with the Restory approach. Curious? Check us out at RestoryUniverse.com.